he, uh, the people had gathered around. They were ready to cast stones at him. They were ready uh, to kill Jesus Christ. They were ready to kill the promised Messiah that the Old Testament scriptures uh, had talked about. These are the very yes, people that should have recognized Jesus Christ as the Messiah. They should have recognized him as the seed uh, that, that was promised all throughout the Old Testament. But it said, and just after this, just after Jesus Christ, it says that he hid himself and he went out. And just after these things, it says, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind uh, from his birth. Jesus, uh, pretty much what we would refer to nowadays as running from, for his life. But Jesus being uh, being God, he would have known that his time had not come. He would have known this was not the way that he was sent to die upon this earth. He knew that he would have to suffer the pain of the cross. He knew that he would have to carry a cross up Golgotha's hill. He knew all these things, but yet he hid himself uh, from this crowd. And as he was running uh, away from them, it says that he saw a blind man, a man that had been blind from his birth, a man that had never seen anything, a man that had something wrong with his vision, something wrong with his eyes, obviously, it was no fault of his own, this man had been blind from his birth, but yet Jesus Christ, in the disturbance of the people that was seeking to stone him, Jesus Christ, in the event of running from these people, Jesus Christ still stopped, and he noticed this man that was sitting there this man that was sitting there, not only was he blind, but if you drop on down to verse 8, you'll also see where this man was also a beggar. He was a blind beggar, folks. I can't think of a much more pitiful state for any one human being to be in than to be blind and to also be a beggar. But truth be known, every one of us were in that kind of shape spiritually before Jesus Christ passed by our way. Jesus Christ came by and he saw this man sitting there to the side and the disciples said hey Lord what, who sinned was it this man or was it his parents this man has been blind from his birth this man has been blind from the womb who committed this sin Jesus Christ said hey he's not blind because of any sin now folks I understand that every sickness that we suffer every ailment that we have every disease that's known to man is a direct result of sin. It's a direct result of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden. And I understand that. But Christ told them he's not blind because of any sin that his parents committed or any sin that he has committed. He is blind that Almighty God may be glorified. He is blind that the works of Almighty God, my Father, can be manifest in him. Because we were blind and we were beggars that the works of God could be manifest in us that the glory of God could be given to him through the salvation that he works unto wretched sinners such as ourselves. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Praise God. Blind man. He said they're blind and begging. And these disciples, they act so much like the church does nowadays. They say, Lord, seeing this man in need, 
Seeing a man in need, seeing that he's begging, folks, he's probably just scraping by like some of us do uh, sometimes or have in our lives. But he was he was begging and he was blind. And the disciples, instead of helping him with what need that he needed, they start philosophizing and they start their, their theology debates and they say, Lord, who committed the sin? Hey, folks, that's no different than the way the modern day church acts right now. We are surrounded by people in this community. We are surrounded by people in Bristol and in Johnson City, in Kingsport. We're surrounded by neighbors. We may have family that has needs. And instead of developing our philosophies about why they're in the shape that they're in, we should see their need and we should care to that need. I'm not saying we need to make ourselves bankrupt to do so, but I'm saying as a child of God, we should be prompted by the Holy Spirit to show the kindness and the goodness of our God.
Jesus Christ. That is the word that was made manifest in my life and every born again child of God. Jesus answered after the disciples after the disciples asked this question. Jesus answered, Neither hath this man said to our parents that the works of God should be made manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. I must work these works while it is day. I must work these works, in other words, while I've got the time to do so. Right. As I've already said, Jesus knew when his time would come. He knew when the time would come. He knew uh, when he would be arrested, no doubt. He knew that Judas Iscariot would betray him with a kiss. He, he already knew that he would be brought before Pilate. He already knew the suffering that he would entail. He knew the beating that he would take. And yet he drank that bitter cup for you and I. Yes, he drank that bitter cup of sin. He took the beating you deserve. He took the cross that you deserve. He took everything that you and I deserve upon himself. For the Bible says, Cursed is every man that hangeth upon the tree. Hey folks, he hung upon that tree for you and for me. He hung upon that tree, upon that cross at Calvary, in my place and in your place. I should have been the one to suffer. I should have been the one to bleed. And I should have been the one that died right there that day. But Jesus Christ took that upon himself. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said, I must work the works of him that sent me. Who sent him? The Father. The Father sent him. And I think that's got significance as far as the fullest how long goes. Because it plainly tells us in the scripture. I think it's got a twofold uh, meaning there, but plainly tells us there in the scripture that we read. Salon is by interpretation sent. So we'll get to that when we do. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Yeah. I think Jesus is reflecting back to what had just happened. The last verse of chapter 8, these folks taking up stones to, to cast at Jesus Christ, the people wanting to kill him. And folks, like I said, this ain't the first time that this ever happened. This ain't the first time in the Gospel of John that we read about this happening. But he says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of this world. Well, folks, Jesus Christ ascended 2,000 or so years ago. So where's the light of the world now? Hey, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Christ said, now ye are the light of the world. He was referring to his disciples. He was referring to those that followed him. He said, ye are the light of the world. And then he went on to talk about how a city that is set up on a hill, it cannot be hid. And how we are not to take our light and place it under a bed, nor hide it under a bushel of folks, whether we're lounging or in leisure, or whether we're out working, we are not to have the light that Christ has put in us. We are to let our Light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. Do we do that? Do we do that? Jesus said, As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. And I said, He referred to himself in chapter 8 as the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and he anointed. The eyes of the blind man with the clay, Amen. and said unto him, Go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He went his way, therefore, and washed, and came see. When he had thus spoken, he done these things. Now, folks, I've heard all kinds of tales and all kinds of theories 
as to why Jesus Christ spit on the ground, basically made mud and anointed or rubbed this mud made out of dirt and his own saliva in this man's eyes. I've heard all kinds of explanations for it. I wasn't there and I wasn't Jesus. I wouldn't dare tell you for sure exactly why he went about going this way. But I've got my theories if we take this in the complete context that it's in. And especially if we go back to chapter 8 where the where the, the, the lawyers and the scribes, they had brought this woman called an adultery before him. And they had said, hey, the law of Moses, that which is written down, the word of God, it's says that we are supposed to stone this woman. It says that we can kill her. What say you, Jesus, about the matter? And we all know how that went. Then uh, Jesus Christ later on, he says that he is the light of the world and that if any man follow after him, he shall, uh, he shall have that light. He shall have the light of Jesus Christ. And folks, we, we see these things all throughout the scriptures. Hey folks, in John chapter 5, we see Jesus Christ and he tells, uh, he tells the Pharisees, he tells the hierarchy of the Jews there, he says, ye search the scriptures, thinking that in them ye have eternal life, but they are they which testify of me. Right. Jesus is over and over directing the Jews back to the word of God, explaining the word of God, telling them the word of God is what you need, the word of God is what you should read, and that is what you should be basing your beliefs on. Right. Amen. This man, this blind man, he showed the miserable state that Israel was in. But in the grander picture of things, he showed the miserable state that everyone who had ever been born, was born, and ever will be born was in. We were in a sinful state, and we were in a bad condition. This blind man, in the immediate context, he was, it was showing the state that Israel was in, yes. But in the grander scheme of things, it's the state that you were in and that I was in before salvation came, before God came knocking on our heart's door, before God regenerated us with the Holy Spirit of God, before God convicted us of our sin, showed us we were on our way to hell, and showed us that he had a way prepared for us that we to get into heaven. God showed all these things, but but Jesus here it says when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground, made clay of the spittle, and anointed the eyes of the blind man, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sin. He, and he went on, went his way therefore and washed, and came seeing. Folks, what is water in the in the uh, in the Bible? Oftentimes, the water is the word of God. I understand the water is also the spirit, but hey, even Jesus Christ said himself he said ye are clean by the words which I have spoken we are cleansed by the word of God Jesus Christ I believe here in this scripture he had been with the Jews he had talked to the Jews he had preached to the Jews he had worked miracles in front of the Jews and yet they were still blind by their own choice they still had the veil over their heart even though the light of God the light of the gospel the light of the very world was standing there before them. Jesus did this to make a good point. He's blind. He put mud over his eyes. He certainly couldn't see anymore. And he couldn't, and he just waited on instruction. What was the instruction? Go to the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation, sent. Yes, Jesus sent him to the pool of Siloam. But he which was sent is the one that, yeah. that told him to go there. 
Jesus Christ is the one that told them to go there. As I've already said, folks, the Old Testament scriptures, they testify of Jesus Christ, and they testify of the Messiah. Folks, we, we read over and over, and just in the Gospel of John, let alone the other Gospels, and even in some, some of the uh, uh, epistles that we read later on in the New Testament, how stubborn the Jews were, and, and how hard-hearted and how hard-headed the Jews were. Jesus Christ here was showing the Jews just how hard-hearted they were and he was said but he would at the same time you're saying if you will just do what I tell you to do if you will go wash the way that I tell you to wash if you will have faith and you will put your trust in almighty God if you will read the scriptures and interpret them the way that God intended for them to be interpreted instead of for your own honor and for your own leave, for your own satisfaction then you can be made whole and you can and sing. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Go wash in the pool. And he went his way there for him and washed and came saved. Amen. We're going to read on just a little bit. The neighbors, therefore, and they which before had seen him that he was blind, said, Is not this he who sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Hallelujah. Some, that's people, right. say, some people say, I don't think that's him. Other people say, oh, he's kind of like him. Looks like him. Talks like him. Acts like him. But this man here can see. This man here can see. And he said, I am he. I'm the one that you're talking about. Hey, Amen. praise God. When salvation came my Amen. way. When I got saved. And had the change that was made. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Hey, God made me a new creature in Jesus Christ. He made me a new creature through regeneration and through the washing and the cleansing of the blood of the only begotten son of the Father. And there were people that said, he looks like Spencer. He even acts like Spencer to an extent. He, he talks like Spencer. And I said, I am Spencer. But this is a new creature. I am a new creation in Jesus Christ. I don't go the way that I once did. I don't act exactly as I did. I don't say the things that I used to. I have new desires because I'm a child of the King. Praise God. He said, I am He. I am He. Witnessing, witnessing for Jesus Christ. And he didn't even know who Jesus was. Folks, this is an incredible picture of the grace of God. This man, he ain't like blind Bartimaeus. He ain't like Bartimaeus that we read about in the scriptures. Bartimaeus is the one that sat by the roadside and he heard that Jesus was coming down the way and he said, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. He wasn't like him. This man never once cried out for help. This man never asked for any type of help. He never asked for a penny from Jesus. He never asked for healing from Jesus. This was pure grace. 
that Jesus Christ bestowed upon this man. This was pure grace. It is just as much grace what Christ did here as what Almighty God did for Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned, after they had fallen, and the Lord slew animals and he covered them with the skin of said animals. That was an act of grace. He could have killed them right there, started afresh, but my God is full of graciousness. He is full of mercy, and they are renewed every morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is the God that I serve that we're talking about tonight. He is full of grace. This man didn't even ask for it. Didn't make a hint as far as the scriptural account. Didn't make a hint that he wanted to be healed. But Jesus said, I've got work to do. And I've got to do it in the daytime. I've yes. got to do it in my time here right now. For no man can work it in the night. He said, I've got a job to do that the works of God can be made manifest Praise in this God. man's life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Therefore said they unto him, how are thine eyes open? He answered and said, a man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And washed. And I went and washed. And I received sight. Oh, it was that simple. And it's that simple for you. And it's that simple for me. It's that simple if you're here lost. And it's that simple if we're already saved. We obey Jesus. We obey Jesus. Everything else is going to fall into place. It might seem like a wreck at the time. Hey, i got to tell you, this man here, I don't know if he knew that that clay mud was mixed with Jesus' saliva or not. I don't know exactly how much he knew about the situation. Uh, but he said, but he said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes. I don't know if he realized that Jesus Christ had spit in the dirt and made that clay or not. But folks, the, that's not the point. The point of the matter is when Christ said to go to the pool of Siloam and Christ said to wash there, the man did as he was told. Hey, lost person, you do as you're told in the scriptures. You come to Jesus Christ with a, con with a broken spirit and a contrite heart. You come to Jesus Christ as you are, as a sinner in need of a Savior. And you call out upon the Lord. You confess Him with your mouth and you, and you believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead and my Bible says thou shalt be saved and it will not happen any other way it won't and it can't happen any other way you must be believe that you are a sinner you must believe that you are not capable of healing yourself this blind man it doesn't say how long he had been there how long he had been out there begging. He doesn't tell us his age. doesn't tell us anything about that as far as the account, as far as what we've, what we've read here tonight. But we can assume, rightfully so, that if he was Jesus' age or older, he'd been waiting around 30 years. 30 plus years, actually. Because this was well into Jesus' ministry when this miracle took place. Folks, <clears throat> when things come your way, when bad times arise, and they will, when sickness comes, you may not be healed immediately. You may, you may do it. You may get immediate healing. You may get immediate deliverance. And bless the Lord God if you do. But it might take a year. It might take five years. It might take 10 or 20 
And God only knows how long your deliverance may take. But you bless the name of the Lord yeah. in that time. Yeah. You praise God yeah. during your turmoil. Yeah. You praise God during your sickness. Yeah. You praise yeah. God during your time when you were down. You praise God through the good and through the bad. Yeah. I mean, just tonight that he's the, he's the God on the mountain and he's the God in the right. valley. Yeah. Hey, folks, he's just as much God when everything's going right yes, in my life yeah. as he is when everything's falling all to pieces yeah. in yeah. my life. This is the God of Scripture that I'm, that I'm describing to you this evening. Hey, David didn't always have it easy. Solomon didn't always have it easy. Abraham didn't have it easy. The Apostle Paul didn't always have it easy. Hey, there is nowhere in the Scripture that is promised to those that believe God that we will have an easy life. But bless the Lord God. Jesus Christ said, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Amen. In the world we will have tribulation. Right. Be of good cheer. Christ is over yes. the world. Then said they unto him, where is he? He said, I know not. He knew his name. Amen. But he didn't really know who Jesus was. He said, this man named Jesus. Yes. Folks, if you're here lost, I don't know anybody's heart, but if you're here lost tonight, you don't have to know everything about Jesus. I'm saying going on 14 years or 14 years this February, I don't know everything about Jesus. And a lot of you have been saved longer than I have. You don't know everything about Jesus. We don't have to have a perfect knowledge of Jesus Christ to be saved. And I thank God for that. Because for a finite mind to obtain uh, a perfect knowledge of an infinite uh, being such as Jesus Christ, uh, folks, it's an, an impossibility that it will ever happen. All we need to realize is that we are sinners and that we are incapable of doing anything for ourselves. This blind man that sat by the side of the road begging, he was incapable of doing for himself. All he could do was sit there with a cup or a bowl and hope that people come by and pitched a coin or two his way. But he was incapable of doing anything else for himself. And he was, he was entirely incapable of doing anything spiritually for himself. And if we, if we take this and we apply it spiritually, as has already been said, we are all blind before we're saved. Yeah. We have all got the veil over our hearts before we are saved. Yeah. And it will take a lot of the world, it will take the gospel yeah. light of Jesus Christ to shine into our hearts, to shine into our very being, yeah. to the right. depths of our soul, and expose what we are yeah. that God can expose to us who He is and what He has to offer us. Amen. Yeah. And all he has to offer us is Jesus Christ. That's what he offers. Jesus Christ is the final word Amen. from God. He's it. You'll never save yourself. You can't save yourself. I couldn't save myself. Jesus Christ is the way and the truth and the life. And no one will come to the Father but by Jesus Christ. It will only come through him. So if you're like this beggar, sitting on the side of the road blind, unable to do, do for yourself. I mentioned Mephibosheth earlier. Maybe you're lame. Either way, it's not your fault. Hey, you were born into sin. Yeah. You're shaping in iniquity. Hey, folks, we were, we were conceived in, in sin according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures, hey, folks, that is what we inherited from Adam and Eve. That's a nature that we inherited from them. Yeah. You're not a sinner because of what you do. You're a sinner because of who you are. You're a sinner because it's in your very flesh. Yeah. It's in your very being. That's what you do. You do what you are, and we are sinners, but God made a way 
way that wretched sinners that couldn't help themselves could be helped through and by the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're like this beggar. You're like this beggar. You'll come to God by Jesus. You'll come to know salvation. You'll come to know forgiveness. Only by Jesus Christ. Yeah. And folks, those of you that are sitting here saved, we're not exempt. You obey Christ. If Christ puts spit in your eyes and tells you to go wash it out, go wash it out. There's a reason for it. There's a reason, as I've already said, for every sickness, every heartache, every sadness that comes our way. There's a reason for it. Like I said, we, we bring a lot of that stuff upon ourselves, yes. But if it's a, it comes in a situation that we have no control over, I promise you, God allowed that into your life, yes. that his works could be made manifest, manifest in your life. And hallelujah to that. Hallelujah to God when we use us. God bless you. That's the message for this evening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.